Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place Miami Dolphins, now part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network and DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, and of course I'm talking about none other than Chris Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Oh, I'm great, considering I'm still on my winning streak in the OKS Fantasy Football League ever. So, ah, thanks for asking, Sam. I forgot who I beat last week, but shit, I am in a great mood. Goodbye from Perfectville, ladies and gentlemen. That's, man, fuck you. I was going to talk about that later. We will get to that because I hate everything about fantasy football this week, uh, which is really the theme of this show because this is the 75th annual Hatesgiving Day Parade. This is where Chris and I just let loose. We, we, we take off the formalities of pants and ties. Uh, we allow ourselves to swear on this episode. We might drink a little bit during the recording of this episode. Uh, we don't do all the bits that we normally do. We're just talking about the shit that we hate, Chris. Everything that has to do with the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins, Patriots, Bills, Jets, football in general, life in general, all the things that we want to talk about that just bug us, that bother us, that grind our gears, if you will. Uh, But before we get into that, I do have to let everyone know that because we're doing this, because we have so much support from the citizens of Perfectville that allows us to just create this show the way it is, uh, you guys are not alone. We also have support for Welcome to Perfectville comes from Manscaped. That's right. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, Chris. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking, of course, about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Chris, last episode you talked about just a horrific story of how you tried to manscape in high school in the shower. And I figured since you were sharing, it's probably uh, fair that I share as well. Um, Very similar type scenario. I did not have... Uh, a straight edge razor I was trying to trim up for this first date that I had but I didn't have a razor I didn't have the perfect package 2.0 for Manscaped so I did what I thought I should do I took a page out of a gardener's book you know if you need to uh, trim the hedges out in the backyard you you get a pair of lopping shears and you just start kind of clipping around and doing what you need to do I figured if I took a pair of ordinary scissors Chris and I just I just took some ordinary scissors and I went to uh, trim town downtown that would be fine, but the problem is, as you know, uh, sometimes when you're pruning the bushes, uh, you're, 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 you're pulling the leaves off the branch, sometimes you nick the bark from the branch, and that's exactly what I did. I had a pair of just household scissors, and I'm just cutting these pubes, and I'm trying to make them look cool, like maybe give it a fade or a couple of lines into the pubes in case you know things got serious, and instead of doing that, I, uh, I accidentally sneezed while cutting around my dick. And that led to me uh, giving myself a little bit of a neuter job and actually cut my dick. Uh, and I cut it right at where, like, the vein of your of your dick is, you know. And so it just started kind of hemorrhaging blood everywhere, very similar to what you were talking about, like a Freddy Krueger, Friday the 13th type of situation where it's just gore and blood everywhere. I screamed and screamed and screamed. And I eventually uh, had to text the young lady that I was going to be on a date with and uh, cancel the date. She called me immediately, and she's like, why are you canceling this date? And I'm like, well, I cut my dick with a pair of scissors. And uh, she laughed hysterically, and she's like, please tell me this is a joke. And I'm like, it's not. 
And she's like, well, I'd like I'd like to see this. So she actually came over and looked at my now mutilated Johnson and then laughed some more um, and then walked away. And we never spoke ever, ever again there, Chris. Wow, that's and brutal. It is brutal. And I maybe she was the one. I'm not sure. But uh, now I'll never know because I used scissors because I didn't have the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. But that's why this is a revolutionary company there, Chris. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower, just like you needed to use it last week. I could have used that option for not snagging my nuts when I was using a pair of scissors, like I was unwrapping a present or wrapping a present. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty, gentlemen. Please, honestly, for your own sake, you might get yourself, like, you know, face lice if you're doing that. Like, don't do that. You know, you don't need crabs chin on your crabs. face. Yeah, chin crabs. You might be getting chin crabs you're using the same trimmer. You nasty, nasty people. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. They smell like Bigfoot's dick. That's what they smell like, your balls. <laughs> so go ahead and put some deodorant on there. And speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, and we're talking about Thanksgiving, I am thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking, just makes everything better down there. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season to Manscaped to get so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends. Best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with promo code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use promo code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year, Chris. Man, <laughs> I uh, I got to say, I really love the fact that we have commercials on this, that we have people that are uh, actually supporting financially. Uh, welcome to Perfectville. But I have I, I got to tell you, I hate the fact that the, the copy on this is like three pages long and I'm trying to do it smoothly <laughs> while scanning through. Um, but I'll, give you props. I'll give you props. I'll give you props. People don't know. They might, they're going to hear the final polished product. And uh, th- that was your, again, second week in a row. First read, first try. Got through it pretty much unscathed. You didn't cut any, you know, you didn't nick any, any balls. Yeah. It was a great job. Good job again. Oh, I appreciate that. It's funny, like when I read the reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, I can't even pronounce any words, even small ones like the or did. But uh, somebody pays me, all of a sudden I can focus and concentrate and read like three <laughs> pages of copy in a 10-minute commercial. It's uh, it's weird how that works. It's, it's, it's exactly Will Ferrell's character in old school. He's like, what happened? I blacked out. That's exactly like, what he does the, the debate. Like, that's it. You just – you got to focus. Adrenaline's on another level. You're hearing the dollar signs. Uh, well done. You're a pro. I appreciate that. And speaking of Will Ferrell, that is a fantastic transition there, Chris, because this is the 75th annual Hatesgiving Day Parade. Like I said at the top of the show, this is just where Chris and I go nuts and we start talking about all the things that we hate, the things that annoy us, the things that bother both Chris and myself. And you'd mentioned Will Ferrell. I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Uh, that's a perfect place to start here, Chris. It has nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins, has nothing to do with sports, but I will say this. I hate any movie where Will Ferrell is the lead. 
Oh, explain which one? It's like uh, all of them. Anchorman is awful. Um, what? Yeah, no, it's awful. The Talladega Nights, awful. Uh, that <sighs> movie where he had like a, a weird talking fairy to him, and he was like this weird dad. Awful. None of them are good. He's good as a support cast. He's good as he was good with Chris Kattan in um, Night of the Night Rock. Of the, yeah, he was yeah. good at old school. He's not good as the lead. I don't like it. It bothers me. He tries too hard. I hate Will Ferrell as the main actor in a movie. Ooh, that's a good one because I disagree, uh, especially on Anchorman. Anchorman like, that's like was your jam. Yeah. Oh, high school, dude. That was like everything. I was just like, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Like that, all the one-liners and many leather-bound books, smells of rich mahogany. And Paul Rudd really came into his own there for the older audience. He was known as the you know doofus and clueless and a bunch of other things. And the all older of a sudden, audience. he's yeah. <laughs> And all of a sudden now he's like funny and main mainstream. Uh, if you haven't seen him on Hot Ones, by the way, Paul Rudd, it's absolutely hilarious. He's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, say I'll agree with you though, like that he's great in Weddings, Wedding Crasher, uh, where yes. he's just like you know Chet, you know Chaz Reinhold or whatever, and he's just like, oh, I'm hang gliding, take a picture, ah, I'm dead. You know, what ten minutes, not even in the movie. I think he's uncredited. Even you didn't even know he's in there. That kind of shit is hilarious. Um, I actually, Man at the Roxbury is horrible. I think that's terrible. I mean, it's funny. It's meme. Everybody does a head nodding in the song. Uh, it, it's real cheese. But Talladega Nights, I wasn't a huge fan of. There's some lines in there, obviously, that are spoken. I think John C. Riley was better. We actually watched Step Brothers the other day uh, just to let my son watch it. He's like kind of old enough to get the shitty comedy. And um, uh, Step Brothers is, is, is funny. Uh, but you're right. There is some, like repeated jokes and things like that where he's better in smaller samples old school being a perfect example yeah i uh, look uh, and and step brothers might be the exception there's always an exception to the rule i did enjoy that movie but i do think john c Riley really made that movie uh more so than will ferrell i just think it's too much i think he tries too hard uh he's he's like always in character even if you look at all the snl cast members that were with him even who's off camera he's always in character and annoyed the piss out of all of them it annoys the piss out of me and i just i don't uh, elf we're in the holiday season i hate elf i don't understand why that's a Whoa. that's a classic elf is awful it's not a good movie uh i'm sorry chris and i'm sorry for all the elf fans and will ferrell fans out there i'm sorry will ferrell he's a he's a citizen of perfectville he listens every single week this is probably going to devastate him but i I just i hate it i i hate him as as a lead actor see elf is uh that's a whole nother thing because that's that's more i look at i see that as a john favreau movie because he directed it and he's in it and and he and it's great I, I, elf is great oh man this is this is a good one to start off so i'm, I'm actually not going to delve too much further into this we don't no. normally go back and forth no. this is, you're pissing me off i'm no. glad i wiped the fucking floor with you in fantasy football <laughs> elf for life six fucking inches ribbons let's go cut them that's a good movie oh man wow Cool. All right. All right. My turn. My turn. You know what I hate, Sam? I hate the Miami Dolphins this season. Ah. Um, I had a client come in. She comes in quarterly. She wouldn't even listen to this. I I told her about the podcast. Um, And she lives close, and she has a son. She does, like, this crazy thing with the bank because she opened it, like, a long time ago. And multiple mergers later, it's not, like, a normal thing. So there's a whole process. So she comes to me. I know what to do. I, like, saved everything and make sure we do it all correctly so she's not – you know, they're not calling the help desk for, like, seven hours and stuff. Well, she's a huge Dolphins fan. She's from South Florida, and we've talked. And um, she came in today, and she's like, we can't even lose – Right. Like we can't even like suck correctly. We we still won a couple of games and been competitive. And we were talking about how bad 
the Dolphins are, and it's not just the Dolphins either this season. Everyone's bad. It, it feels like they're either is a great team or you're terrible. Like there's no like even the Bills are eight and three. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But the season, like of course, the season that we're like here it is. We're finally buying in. We're finally doing the right thing by just like castrating the entire team and getting a top pick. Seven other teams are like fucking yep us too. And you're like what the fuck Giants, Bengals. <laughs> Like, all these teams are also losing, and you're like, what the fuck? Now, instead of, like, in the hunt and needing teams to lose for us to, like, get in the playoffs, we're hoping teams lose so we get the first overall pick. Like, how's this possible? And and the Bengals now have re-unbenched, unbenched Andy Dalton. The Dalton line is back. Yes. And you're, they could have beat the Steelers last week. It was a very close game. And now you're like, we got to play the Bengals if we win that one. We might be picking like in the top five, maybe six round or six overall. It's I hate the Dolphins. I hate them so much. You had uh, tweeted just before we came on air, Zach Thomas was announced as a semifinalist again. And it's like, why are we still discussing this guy potentially being a – how was he not a Hall of Famer? Like, I, I just hate everything about the Miami Dolphins. There's just – it's so frustrating being a fan. Even – she said it uh, perfectly. She's like, in a season where I was hoping to just relax and not get worked up, they're now pissing me off because yeah. they're being competitive winning. And it's like, it's, it's so difficult. And for hates giving, I got to say the dolphins are pissing me off again. Well, and you know, that kind of goes with one of the ones that I had here. I actually made some notes here, Chris. And one of the things I said is that I hate not knowing how to feel about this season. I yes. mean, I was, I was all in, I'm like you, I was all in on, okay, let's go ahead and lose all the games. Let's just go. zero and 16 and let's just tank for Tua. let's get our quarterback of the future for the next 10, 15, 20 years and, and start this rebuild process. I can, I can justify this to my friends. Cause I can say, look, look how bad they're losing. You don't lose that bad uh, by accident. That is a purposeful loss. You know, when you lose 300 to two or whatever it is, they lost to the Ravens. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're benching Josh Rosen and they're putting in the old veteran again and, and they're trying to win. And then they win a couple of games and they beat the Jets and they beat Adam Gase. And I'm happy about that. And then they beat the Colts. And all of a sudden you're looking at this and going, wait a minute, this team's getting better at week and week and week, but they're not good enough to actually make the playoffs. They're not going to run nine straight or anything like that. So I'm rooting for them to win, but I'm also rooting for them to lose. And like you said, the Bengals all of a sudden are shitty and the Giants are shitty and 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 and, and we're trading away all these people and we're getting these first-round picks, but then those first-round picks are all going to be like the 32nd overall because they're all going to win the Super Bowl to all these guys that we traded them to. So I'm rooting for other teams to lose and they're winning and that's pissing me off and I don't know if I'm supposed to be rooting for the Dolphins or against them. And then to top it all off, Chris, everything that we're trying to do is just go, go get this quarterback from Alabama. He gets mother- the motherfucker gets hurt, and then we don't even know if he's going to come back and play or if he even has a leg anymore. So it's like all for naught. I have no idea what to even think about this season. I have no idea how I'm supposed to feel, and I hate the fact that I have no direction once again with the Miami Dolphins. I tend to agree with you. I hate that. I absolutely right. hate it. Well, I'm going to get a little bit more specific. I'm going to drill down here. I hate Steve Young. Oh, Fuck Steve Young, your monkey off your back fucking celebration because Joe Montana carried you for most of your career. Like, and you played for the shitty Tampa Bay Bucks with their horrible uniforms. And yes, you're pretty awesome and a Hall of Famer and a great quarterback, but albeit you did come out and shit all over the Miami Dolphins when we are still winless and you have yet to apologize. Here's the thing Brian Flores has his team with a bunch of guys, and I was telling my client again today. 
that I don't know. And I know I've said this a lot on the show, Sam, but me and you, I, like, I really genuinely think if you listen back to our shows, we have a really good pulse on our roster, who's who, where they're from, how long they've been on our team. If nothing else, it, we know the starters, right? Like, we, know exactly. who the, we know who the safety is on the Miami Dolphins year in and year out. Gun to my head right now, I have no idea where Ryan Lewis played in college. I have fucking no idea. I don't know if he's a rookie. I don't know if he's Mexican. Like, I have no idea... <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't know anything about him, and he's making plays in the NFL with Needham and another Parker. Like we doubled Parkers. I didn't even know he was on the team. Like it's so weird to me. And we're doing this, and Brian Flores has us as the most disciplined team in the NFL. We're not we least amount of penalties in the NFL. Albeit on Sunday we had a ton against the Browns. Um, but he he's doing things with a roster that no one would be proud of, and. It, it, there's even a commercial. It reminds me of our team, like of, of a mom with like all her uh, son's accolades in the background in his jersey, and like she gets a, a notification to not start him in fantasy. It's like a bad week, and she's like, eh, and like kind of benches him because she's like listens to the experts, right? Like that. That even our players' moms are like, dude, we suck. Like they suck. And Steve Young can't come out and say, dude, they're playing hard for Brian Flores. They've won two games against the Colts and the Jets. Former coach and Gase, you know, winning on the road, things like that, where everybody fully was expecting us to go 0 and 16 and no one, not one fucking peep from the national media said anything about the Cincinnati Bengals and how bad they've been. They've been dreadful. Like absolutely depressing. Don't even try. They bench Andy Dalton. That'd be like us having Tannehill this year and benching him and still losing and then going back to Tannehill. Like there's all over the place and no one has said a peep. We were the national joke everyone from cbs sports to espn to nfl had us at 32 out of 32 teams all preseason rankings all throughout the year we we're just being trashed he called us out for like five ten minutes on monday night football just like we should be ashamed they're putting players in danger and he has yet to come out and apologize and they're playing competitive with guys you've never even heard of so fuck steve young i hope he hears this and and i hate him happy hates giving i hope your turkey is burnt wow uh so much for the apologize. Uh, well, he should apologize. He should say sorry for burning the turkey and for not being as good as Joe Montana and for what Never. he said about the Miami Dolphins. I agree with you there. Um, interesting thing about that, too, is that the Cincinnati Bengals, um, I remember there was a little locker room interview where they were talking to uh, Andy Dalton and they asked him, well, why are you benched? And he said, well, the coach wants to see what we have for the future, which is basically saying they're tanking. Because we already know what we can do with him, and we need to see what's behind him, whether they win or lose. Yet again, nobody said anything uh, about this whatsoever. It's coming from a quarterback directly on the team, in the roster, and, in the locker room. And nobody's saying boo about it. I agree with you there. Uh, but you mentioned a name, which means I'm just going to skip the one that I wrote down here. I hate seeing Minka Fitzpatrick do well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> but love that Ryan Tannehill's doing well for the Tennessee Titans. And I don't know why. I even nothing against Mika. Um, I liked him when we drafted him. I thought he played well for the Miami Dolphins. I was kind of sad to see him go. Uh, but why is it that I hate seeing Minka do well, but Ryan Tannehill do, uh, do well, even though Ryan Tannehill had a long history here of being mediocre and frustrating, and as somebody who supported him, I flat out said it was time to move on, and I agree with that. But holy shit, I love the fact that Ryan Tannehill has a quarterback rating of like 110, uh, but I hate the fact that Mika Fitzpatrick Patrick has 110 interceptions returns for touchdowns this season. Why is that? I don't know. I think good question. I think it's because Tannehill had his time here and we gave him opportunity after opportunity and it just didn't 
work out for any reason or the other bad line bad coaching whatever it's nice to see him especially too he was he he was hated by half the fan base oh yeah Uh, so if you defended him or even like saw any kind of uh semblance of hope in this guy and this player and you're hoping that he was going to step up and just be that guy and you just held on because we've seen me mediocre quarterback after mediocre quarterback you really hung on and you got shit on by half of the fan base he moves on and does well elsewhere. You're like, yeah, that's what we were hoping. Like with a good running back and you know, good, good line and a good defense that he could do that for us. And we got to, we got to remember too. He was playing in the AFC East with us, so he's playing the Patriots twice, the Jets and the Bills twice, and now he's playing you know the Colts and uh, all these other teams. And, and he has to still play Houston twice, so it's yet to be seen if they're even going to do anything. But he's having success, and we're happy for him because it's been years and years and years. Minka was here for one year. Everybody, I think, exclusively enjoyed the guy and knew he was good for us uh and he was great he's a great player there's no argument and there's no like sides um and we got a first round pick for him and it's going to be probably a good one They're, they benched uh, mason rudolph so uh sorry burping we're drinking it's hate's giving baby and um you know we, we they bench uh, they benched mason I hate, rudolph i hate that i can smell your burp from the other side of the country right now it's <laughs> disgusting and mississippi roast it was really good yeah. uh yeah, it was good. And homemade mashed potatoes. Like, I've never made it before. It was, it was delicious. Um, but, yeah, Minka had no enemies, no sides. Everybody knew he was good. He wanted out. He didn't want to be here. His agent said new number who dis. Like, it just, you know, when you go see him do well, you're like, fuck that guy. Like, God damn it, that ball bounced right to him. You know, you're like, it's kind of like you're salty because, like, he didn't want to be here. Tannehill, like, pissed blood for this team and for this franchise and didn't leave on bad terms uh it just really i think it's just different for that reason you know all he did for six years or whatever for us or five years um or seven years shit i think it's drafting 2012 so yeah six years um pissed blood got his ass kicked made good throws had different coaches you just learned to really like the guy and you, you're happy to see him have success because he didn't say a bad word off the field or on it uh minka meanwhile is like you know his mom is tweeting at the team he's not he's out of position he's complaining and then he goes all over there and he's like hey finally put me in a good spot and it just sucks to see that he's right, I guess. I mean, it's like that ex-girlfriend you see move on and get a hotter boyfriend. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah, he's a little bitch. But I don't think his agent was the one that said new uh, uh, new number who this. I think that was Kenyon Drake's agent, which who I also hate. Um, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Point is, I think Mika Fitzpatrick wasn't here long enough to actually have a, a long-term relationship with the fans to the point where he, he's not really a true Miami Dolphin. You know what I mean? Like, he was here for a season. He did a bid, and then he jumped off where Tannehill actually earned his stripes or earned his fin or whatever, and I'm happy for him. But uh, anyways, that was my hate. I hate the fact that Mika is doing well. What is your hate on the Hates Giving Day Parade here, Chris? Well, I'm going to get off of football here for a second because this right. is something that it might be just general to the South. You let me know if they do this in L.A. or over there in California. They probably don't uh, from what I'm assuming, but I really hate drivers that are like overly nice. So mm. in here in North Carolina, we have a problem with people that got this Southern charm. Um, I like the whole waving to your neighbors as you drive by and holding doors for people. That's cool. That uh, that doesn't happen in South Florida, and I like it. It's like, you know, white picket fence. We're all Americans. How you doing? This is cool. Hey, neighbor. Uh, helping each other out. Uh, that, that never happened to me in South Florida, not until I came here. I actually have a funny story. I was jogging around Wingate 
uh, campus when I got there uh, to play football in college here in North Carolina, and I was jogging with headphones in, and this older guy's walking a dog, and he waves to me, and I pull my headphones out, and I'm like, can I help you? <laughs> and he's like, I'm just saying hi, fella, you know, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I'll get a middle finger in Florida for no reason before what I get creep. a wave. Yeah, yeah, like, fucking weirdo, like, but that's just it. That's here. That's, that's the South, baby. Like, you're like, hi, how are you? Have a good day. We're, I love you. You're a great guy, and you're like, neighborly love. This is cool. So, that that's nice, but then they do it in a vehicle, and that's too much because there's like, you know, two stop signs or something, and then this person will just slam on their brakes in front of you, and they're like, "Go ahead, yeah, no, no, yeah, go ahead," and then they're like, "Well, I can't cross yet because the other side is not being as nice as you, and cars are driving," and now like. Just fucking follow the the law of the road. If they have to wait, they have to wait. But there's too many people here in the South, and please, anybody, comment, tweet at me, whatever, if this is also relevant elsewhere. Well, they'll just, like, blatantly break in the middle of the road to, like, let someone out because they're being overly nice. And it's that is stopping traffic, be- traffic behind you. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Just go. They'll, they'll get a clear entrance soon. Just, like, let them wait. It's fine. But it happens abundantly here in North Carolina. And it's unbelievable. I hate it. Interesting. You know, it's uh, it, 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 along those lines, something I noticed, um, it's kind of an irrational hate that I have. But, like, you know, if you are driving um, and, and somebody stops and, and gives you a courtesy wave, that's totally fine. Um, like, if you're driving or walking and then they stop and they give you the courtesy wave, you know, that's right. accepted. But if, if in that same scenario, they don't wave at you, you're like, what a piece of shit. What an <laughs> asshole. Didn't even raise his hand. Can't even be bothered to raise his hand to acknowledge my existence. I hope that motherfucker dies in a fire. However, on then and then, then you have the other way where they give you the courtesy wave and you feel like you've acknowledged it. And then they give you a second courtesy wave and you're like, what a pompous prick. I, I saw you the first time. You're holding up traffic. <laughs> What's your fucking problem? I saw you the first time. I hope you die in a fire. So that everyone knows, just one courtesy wave. Whether they saw it or not, that's, that's all it. you need to do. If you do two, I hate you. If you do none, I hate you. If you do three, I'm going to drop kick you through the windshield. So, yes, there are some traffic rules that maybe aren't in the rule book that you need to follow, especially if you're driving through the town of Perfectville. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, roundabouts only, no stoplights. Just go, and if anybody lets you in front of them, wave once. And don't put the window down and wave out no. of your car. That's fucking annoying. No. That's over the top. That's too much. You did too much. I just let you in front of me. I didn't fucking buy you a lottery ticket. Just wave in front of your rearview mirror. I will see your silhouette, and we'll be on about our day listening to Godsmack. And the air is toxic in Perfectville anyway, so you don't want your windows <laughs> down. Uh, no. t- yeah, did you smell Chris's burp there, everybody? That's what it smells like inside of the town of Perfectville at all times it just smells awful well that was your turn chris talking about all the people being nice or maybe too nice or not nice enough when it comes to traffic one of the things that i hate the things that i've i just it blows my mind you've already talked about it a couple of times here today i know you want to get to it i hate the fact that i fucking lost to your team easy drug drake oven in the okayest fantasy football league of all time it makes no sense your stupid shitty team that's filled with nothing but patriots bills and jets players somehow beats 99 problems but if it's ain't one which has nothing but miami dolphins players and now that I said that out loud, I completely really understand how you beat my team. It makes total sense now that I think about it, but still, I hate the fact that you won I lost, even though I'm still going to the playoffs, and you're still like basically in last place. But I think no. this means that yes, uh, you're you are just about there. You have a shitty team, and I, I just I didn't stretch. My team didn't stretch before this game, and it pisses me off that you now have this. 
you have this. You know, what, you know what killed you is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson killed you, and he killed me against my brother in my league. I lost by like three points to him. I had Baltimore's defense. I was really hoping for a pick six at the end there, and I got the pick, but just not the touchdown. So I wasn't able to go over the top. But Russell Wilson getting you nine points. He's like was averaging twenty five something points a game. I've got Josh Allen, Le'Veon Bell. But here's the thing: I think one of the guys said it in the league chat. I, I could have almost beat you single handedly with just Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin, who had just a ridiculous 36.9 points and 37.4 points. I mean, Williams got me three points. Olsen nine. My, my flex got me a point nine and I still beat you by almost 30 points. Like those guys were on fucking fire and I am on a four game win streak. You can suck my ass. I'm not in last place. And I had the second highest scoring team in the entire week. East Drake Overn. I need to update the name, but I won't because it's now at this point ironic, but yeah, four in a row and I uh, got the host battle. So I'll take that all day and twice on Sunday. Yeah, well, uh, I can't be too mad because the team that you just beat me with is basically my team in another league, and I just curb stomped the fuck out of the commissioner <laughs> of that league. So it was kind of like, well, I'm Damn upset, it. but at the same time, this other league where there's money on the line, I really like this team, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> so keep doing it, Chris Godwin. So yes, congratulations to the uh, the co-founder and co-mayor and co-asshole of, of Perfectville, <laughs> Mr. Christopher Colon. All right, what else do you hate? I'm sick of talking about this shit. Oh, man, Sam, I hate Thanksgiving. Oh, um, wow. Just, <laughs> yep. Jesus, why don't you spit in Jesus' eye while you're at it? My goodness. He's not a pilgrim. No, I... <laughs> Technically, I... this is true. I Googled <laughs> it. He's wrong. right. It, it, it says on Jesus' Wikipedia page, by the way, he was not a pilgrim. Not a pilgrim. Didn't wear a stupid black hat with a buckle on it. And that's, no. and that's it, man. I, I hate Thanksgiving because you're forced to go hang out with your family you don't like. You can't choose them. And you have to, like, sit around the table and, like, be thankful and happy. And there's shitty football games on because the Lions are always playing. And you're, like, you know, the food is so bland and so plain. Like, can we get off of the turkeys, please? Like, I think Donald Trump, like, pardoned a turkey to Day. like it's so lame uh, can we have steaks can we do crab legs can we do something like delicious turkey is just gross you put it all on a platter there's legs there's gizzards there's people like grabbing it with their hands that you hate your uncle that's just you know a former drug addict and now he's like you know oh, he speaks at na and he's like oh hey like i'm gonna grab this turkey leg and his hands are disgusting like uh, i hate thanksgiving and you eat like food that no one eats throughout the year i mean like these stupid casseroles like we're you know 95 years old betty white made them I mean, if your grandma has to make like a Betty Crocker recipe, then it's not good anymore. Like we're not putting shit in Jello. Like stop, um, you know, making these like casseroles with marshmallows on them that go with yams. It doesn't make sense. It's disgusting. We're making Brussels sprouts that aren't seasoned because we're white people. It's it's terrible. I hate it. The only thing that's good about it is like drinking and and mm. sleeping early. The turkey makes you, you know, fall asleep so you miss everything and you don't have to talk to your sweet aunt that. Uh, you know, talking about the weird mole on her neck. Like, it's just, it, I hate Thanksgiving. Christmas is cool. You got gifts. You got cool music. There's no music for Thanksgiving. Uh, there's no Bruce Springsteen laughing at Santa Claus in the background. Smelly trees that are amazing and, like, just fireplaces and, and snowmen. Like, the, it, Thanksgiving's pointless. It's just a, an excuse to get together with family you hate and eat food that's not really that good if you think about it. Well, Adam Sandler does have a song about Thanksgiving, but your point is taken. I uh, I can appreciate all the hatred that you have towards your family and the entire national holiday that is Thanksgiving. I also like the fact that you said, can we have crabs like crab legs like your fucking Jameis Winston over there? Uh, 
Dubbies, buddy. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing I hate about Thanksgiving is that I'm just so backed up the entire time after that for like three days. And then eventually my <laughs> entire, you know, poop hole just opens up and just everything falls out, including things that are not supposed to fall out. So I, uh, I, I agree. I think that hating myself for engorging and gorging too much on uh, all the food is, 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 uh, is a problem, uh, which leads me to something that I hate. My second to last thing to hate here, Chris, I hate that in my new house that all my bathrooms have bidets. I don't hate the bidets. I hate the fact that I forget the fact that they have fucking bidets. So every time I go to take a shit and then all of a sudden I go to flush and all of a sudden I'm getting just fucking bullseyed right in the poop chute with water that uh, is basically breaking my, my, my booty hymen every single time. It's scary. <laughs> it's alarming. And it's something that I should probably put a sign up in the bathroom that says, warning, you will get ass raped by water. Sam, I have to ask you. I'm so glad you have this. First of all, you bougie motherfucker. You have bidets in every toilet in your house. I do. Second, you're like, fuck, I'm not apologizing for this. Second of all, explain this to me, please. I, I Please explain. I have spent – there's a funny uh, skit on Parks and Recreation with Chris Pratt. It was a um, a blooper where he's talking about how sometimes he wipes and wipes and wipes yes. and it's like and he's it's wiping, like a, wiping marker. a marker. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've, it's mud butt. We've been there. What does this do? Like does it spray all over your legs? Does it spray yeah. over your ass? Like how yeah. does this work to where – it's cleaning your asshole to where there's no poo, yes. and it's not going all over your bottom and your hamstrings and your toilet seat. Like, it's crazy. So uh, the, the whole point of this is that it's a little more, you know, you you, lo- you use less paper. Um, think of it as, you know, you, you ever have a dog or a cat that, like, you know, took a dump on on the rug or in the carpet or anything like that? Um, do you just pick it up with a t- paper towel? I mean, you can. You scrub but, it and clean it, yeah. Yeah, you're going to scrub it and clean it because if you were just rub it with a paper towel, and yeah, you'll get most of it off, but there's going to be remnants and, like, stains and everything else. It's the same concept. You, you are basically uh, steam cleaning your asshole. Um, just without steam. Um, so essentially what you do is you take a dump and then there's a little lever and you push the lever and this little nozzle comes down and shoots water right into your crack. Uh, at that point, it is your responsibility and your responsibility alone to move and maneuver and shift your bottom around to get all the little pieces out. So essentially you're pressure washing uh, your poop chute. Um, and at that point, once you feel clean and cleansy, I mean, you are going to be wet. Y- your butt is wet at that point. You do take a little bit of toilet paper and you just kind of like dab back there and get all the wetness out and you check and make sure you don't have any brown friends. And once that's done, you've used like three squares of toilet paper versus half a roll or whatever the fuck us disgusting menus when we wipe our asses and all of it's out of there. It's essentially taking a quick little shower to your asshole every single time you take a dump. Okay, so but I'll, I'll double down on my question. What, where does the, the poo matter go when it's sprayed? Like, there's no way it just falls directly down into yes. the toilet cleanly. Really? That's exactly. Like, it, it doesn't it, just go everywhere. No, it, no, because your ass is big enough. Like, I'm not you, like specifically, but all of us. My ass is big enough. You're sitting on the toilet, and you and you hit the little nozzle, and the little thing comes down inside of the bowl and shoots up into your ass. So unless you were to get up and like wiggle your ass like a dog and you maybe fling some like wet soggy poo everywhere it's just going to it sprays it out and then it just kind of like flies all over inside the bowl and then you flush and it all goes away what doesn't go on your balls or anything uh not my balls no i i take my balls off before i sit down (laughs) i put them into (laughs) they're they're well manicured from manscaped yes i manscaped them with the uh, perfect package 2.0 and then i take them off and i put them in the sink where they are in warm water while I take this uh, massive shit and then clean it up. Because the thing is, and, and like I, I've seen it on Reddit before a lot. Like anytime it comes up, people are like, 
oh, I swear by this $25 bidet attachment I get on my toilet. It's amazing. I've saved so much toilet paper and money. And I'm just like, I, I, I can't see the science of it. Like, so, like, you go outside with a hose mm-hmm. and you and you got the spray nozzle. It's mm-hmm. really high pressured. Yes. And you spray into the ground. Mud goes everywhere. Yes. Like, it doesn't just, like, go straight into the toilet. Like, it's... I just don't see it not spraying your ass cheeks and your and your and your balls to where you're doing more work than just wiping. But you're talking about you know basically spraying a plate versus spraying a bowl. I mean there is there is a it's a, it's a whole That's arena true. right. There's a there's there's an <laughs> arena in there, and and center stage is where the poo is, and that's where you're shining a light in this case water on there, and the focus is in that area. You know if if the gladiator were to try to run out of the arena, it would have to get through the entire crowd and out through the gates. Uh, it's just not going to happen. This is the greatest episode we've ever done, and like 130 plus episodes. This is fantastic. This is the actually our 150th hates giving. Uh, this is our 150th episode. Yes. It's perfect. This is absolutely perfect. I can't wait. I can imagine just being in my car driving to work and uh, we're, half the show's manscaped and then describing how a bidet works and not spraying your balls with poo matter. This is fantastic. Well, it is fantastic because it's all the things we hate and it's all the, what the citizens of Perfectville hate as well. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and, and, and talk about maybe one or two more things that you hate. I, I have one more thing that I hate and then uh, we'll get out of here and let everyone move on with their horrible Thanksgiving. Sure. Since, since of course, we hate the Dolphins, I'll talk about something real quick. I hate people that gatekeep food. Mm. Um, your opinion is your opinion. That's fine. If I want to eat ham and pineapple on my pizza – I'm not asking you to eat it. Like, I hate people, and I'm not saying I even like pineapple on my pizza. I can't stand the gatekeepers that, like, judge people for doing it. Like, it, I'm eating it, not you. I, I didn't ask you to eat it. Um, the people that say, oh, how could you eat sauerkraut on, on a bratwurst? I'm fucking eating it. Like, why yeah. do you care? Like, why are you even having an opinion or judging me on this matter? I don't go to your house and ask you why you, like, like, apple candles and not like cinnamon candles like it's 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 your fucking house it's whatever you want to do it's my stomach it's my throat it's my tongue it's my taste buds i'll eat what the fuck i want to eat and i can't stand the entitled fucking judgy gems of the world that are going to sit there and be like oh god you like you put ketchup on your steak i don't put ketchup on my steak i'm just going to say that now and preface it but if the guy next to me doesn't eat it who fucking gives a shit he didn't cut it and say hey you want a bite then i'll say no, I don't eat steak with ketchup, but I'm not going to look at it and be like, oh, how dare you? It's his steak. Like, why do you fucking care? The world and entitlement of these people that were like, they think their opinion is above yours or where like what they think is the only thing that should matter. Like what they like is you should like it too. We're individual human beings with individual feelings and nervous systems. If somebody wants to drink... I'm going to go off on another tangent. I'm drinking Coors Light right now. Uh, Coors Light right now. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Exactly. (laughs) Somebody's going to be like, he drinks that. It's like, might as well be water. Okay. I'm not asking you to drink it. I'm not drinking five craft beers and and blacking out. I'm going to have 10 Coors Lights because after three, I don't taste them anymore. And honestly, they're not that bad. Who cares? It's cheap way to get drunk. If it's like the difference is smoking skunk weed and purple haze. Yeah. Purple haze is a better weed. They're both going to get you high. Like who fucking cares? Like, why are we judging people for liking things? And it's them that's ingesting them. We're not asking you to, I hate everybody that does it. And if you do it to me or review me or tweet me, I'll fucking block you and punch your mom in the nuts. I don't care. 
Well, those nuts will be uh, freshly shaven with manscaped.com. <laughs> Damn right. Um, I also like the fact that I, I like that your justification is I'm not drinking five craft beers and blacking out. I'm drinking 10 Coors Lights and blacking out. Yes. That's what I'm doing. Um, for half the price. It, it's $12 for 24 beers. That, it just it, And if you're going to judge me, you're an asshole. Like, who fucking cares? I'm not asking you to drink Coors Light. I am. Why do you give a shit what I'm doing? Because we care about you, Chris, and we want you, you don't to do judge well. my porn. Mm, well, judge what I'm watching on porno and jerking off. Oh God, really? Stepmom and stepsister again? Jesus, Chris! No, fucking leave me alone. It's my shit. I'm gonna drink my Coors Light and, and jerk <laughs> off to this incense porn. Leave me alone. Live and let live, ladies and gentlemen. It's the town of Perfectville. There are no rules except for God no judging. It. This hates giving. Uh, it is hates giving. I, uh, I like the fact that uh, you hate that people are judging things in your life, and this entire episode is basically us, us judging everything <laughs> in everyone else's life. Um, I hate the fact that the Houston Astros uh, cheated to win the 2017 World Series against my Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, not the fact that they cheated, because I, I understand that, you know, look, if you're not trying to cheat, you're not trying. But look, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, Chris, as you know. We have this yep. little this little podcast, uh, which is part of the Big Heads Media podcast network, yep. as well as the Dolphins talk.com podcast network um you and i do this virtually every single week uh, i know a couple of people are laughing at that but virtually every single week um which means we don't get to see victorious uh formations very often when it comes to our football team which right. means i need my other sports teams to win as many championships as they possibly can to fill the void that the miami dolphins have given me my entire life which is to never have won a super bowl while i was alive uh, which means I need the Los Angeles Dodgers to win World Series. I need the Los Angeles Lakers to win the NBA championships. And I need the Los Angeles Kings to win the Stanley Cup you know, finals. Now, they've all done that, but they're not very good at doing that recently. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings are notoriously a doormat when it comes to hockey, with the exception of two really, really good years. The Los Angeles Lakers, up until this season, have really did nothing but shit into their own hand and smell it for the last decade. And the Los Angeles Dodgers have been consistently good, if not great. And they should have won the 2017 World Series, but they didn't because the fucking Houston Astros fucking cheated on fucking national television in front of fucking me, in front of every fucking everybody else. And it really fucking pisses me off because the Miami Dolphins are never going to win a fucking Super Bowl while I'm still fucking alive. They're going to win that shit the year I fucking die. About three days after I die, they're going to win that goddamn Super Bowl. But until then, I need my other teams to win some fucking championships and the Los Angeles Dodgers should have won the fucking 2017 World Series, and they didn't because the Houston Astros fucking cheated. Those fucking fuckers of fuckheads. Oof. Yeah, good call, buddy. That's uh, that's tough. If that was my team, I don't know what I would do. Um, obviously, we can you know say what we want about the uh, Spygate and the Deflategate and shit like that, uh, but it didn't directly affect our team like that is uh that's a tough one and so i mean like do you think they should like go for and like forfeit the world series like what would you say was a good uh, punishment for that i think the punishment should be look if, if you're cheating you you forfeit and what happens when you forfeit the other team wins automatically that's what happens when you forfeit so the dodgers should be crowned the world series champions of 2017 but it doesn't do us any good i mean they don't get the celebration they don't get that victory all they have is left with all these memories of holy shit we should have won that but we didn't and if you look at the fucking actual World Series batting averages of the Astros, when they played in L.A., um, on the road, it was bad. When they played at home, it was tremendously good. And why? Because they had this whole system where they were banging on trash cans every time the Miami or the Miami Dolphins. See, I'm all mad. The Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> were throwing a breaking ball versus a you know a fastball or, or or something like that. They had this whole system set up with cameras and and people 
beating on on trash cans so that the batters can hear it from the dugout and all this other shit. And their batting average went up like 250 points from home Good to Lord. away. It was it was clear as day that they were cheating, but it didn't really fucking matter. Nobody looked into it until two years later, and now we're just sitting here going, well, that went to Game 7, and they got blown out in Game 7, and they lost. Well, good game. No, they shouldn't have ever gone to Game 7. There's like two, it, it, like two instances where they took the lead earlier in that World Series in a game where they were clearly cheating. They were clearly stealing signs, and they were clearly relaying it to the person in the batter's box, and they had they were tip, you know getting the pitches uh, sent to them before they can swing the bat. And it's fucked up, and it makes me mad because, again, this is about the only time I'm going to have uh, to cheer my team winning a championship was the Dodgers in 2017, and it was taken from me, and now I have to root for the fucking Miami Dolphins somehow to win once before I die. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. We're both in that same boat, and everybody listening is the same <laughs> way as well. Um, honestly, th- that, that's tough. I'll ask you this, though, because I was about to go into like a kind of a, th- uh, a thing about it as well. Um, do you think the Astros are the only team that are doing this? Absolutely not. Every single team in baseball does it, but when you're caught, you're caught, and you should be punished, and that's the difference. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So that brings me to my last and final hate. And I hate that the heroes of my childhood in baseball are not in the Hall of Fame. I hate that Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, these guys that have been caught taking steroids and cheating uh, or admitted to it are not in the Hall of Fame. And here's why. Because everyone was doing it. Everyone was doing it. And they were still better than those people. I hate that you think all you have to do is put a needle in your ass and you can hit 75 fucking home runs against major league pitching who are also on steroids in different stadiums and different environments and different situations. I hate that people think that that's possible. If so, 37 fucking people would have 70, 80 home runs a season. It takes more than just the steroids to do that. And that's skill, that's talent, that is watching the ball, that is hitting the ball, that is judging pitches, knowing pitches, doing homework, studying, doing things that um, other players didn't want to do because they just didn't try as hard or they weren't as good. Um, I think – Yes, Barry Bonds, obviously his hat size and shoe size grew after he was like 30 years old, which is absolutely abnormal and ridiculous. And Roger Clemens took steroids. That's fine. He probably had a longer career because of it and healed from injuries where like a Chipper Jones or a Ken Griffey Jr. probably missed an entire season. So uh, those guys still, though, I feel should be recognized for their talents because if that's the case, then everyone would be a major league baseball player. And Sam, we both know that's not the case. You have to be also good at baseball to do this. You can't just take steroids and be a middle linebacker or go be a center in the NBA. There's other tangible things that have to happen. You have to be tall. You have to be athletic. You have to be skilled. You have to be mentally there and with it. You have to know the rules. You have to know things that are possibly coming on a 2-0 count. You might be getting a fastball, so swing for the fences. Like You have to know those things. And it's not just steroids that do it. Yes, they took it and it's banned at the time, kind of. It was like kind of questionable in baseball for a long time. If steroids were banned 98 and the entire resurgence of baseball doesn't happen with McGuire and Sosa going after the record, like it was an unbelievable season. I was 11 years old. I'll never forget watching every fucking game, every sports center. Like everybody was wondering who was chasing Roger Maris, who was getting another home run. It was so fun. And would I trade it 
at all because, oh, no, they were juicing. No, it was a fun season. Those guys were still great baseball players, and they were the only two that were really doing it. Yeah, like a Luis Gonzalez every once in a while would hit like 40 or 50, or Rafael Palmeiro would hit like 40 or 50, but it wasn't like everyone. So there was parity still, even with the Roids. So I hate that those guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. I think they should be. Anybody uh, thinks that a Hall of Fame is, le- you know, legitimizes somebody's career just needs to look no further than the fact that Zach Thomas is not in the fucking Hall of Fame right. for the pro football. Bullshit. Uh, and until that happens, any and all uh, discussion about Hall of Fames is null and void in my uh, purview, anyways. Um, speaking of that, Zach Thomas does make the final list of the top twenty-five modern era player, modern era player, uh, semifinalists for the class of twenty twenty Hall of Fame. Here, Chris, uh, I know you think he should be in. I think he should be in. It's a shame God, that he yeah. isn't in yet. But looking at this list, I don't know if he makes it. Troy Polamalu, <laughs> Simeon Rice, Richard Seymour, Steve Tasker, Fred Taylor, Heinz Ward, Ricky Waters, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson, Bryant Young, Sam Mills, Clay Matthews, John Lynch, Edgerin James, James, Steve Hutchinson, Tory Holt, Alan Fanica, Leroy Butler, Isaac. Bruce, Tony Baselli, Rondé Barber, Carl Banks, and Steve Atwater, along with Zach Clay Thomas. Matthews. Yeah, there's a couple of them in here that uh, I do Clay think. Clay Matthews is still playing. No, his dad or his uncle or whoever the fuck he's oh. named after is uh, Clay Matthews Jr., senior, whatever fuck, the hell. Hold on. Fuck Simeon Rice and fuck Patrick Willis. Both those guys, great players. Zach goes in before him. He's a better okay. player than both those guys, 100%. And those are names like they're, – they're good names. Simeon Rice did, did did well in Tampa with fucking stacked talent around him. I mean, Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp inside. I mean, of course he did well. But then you're talking about um, Patrick Willis. He played like five seasons. Like he, he didn't even play his entire longevity of his career. He retired early. No fucking way he goes in before Zach Thomas, who played a goddamn gauntlet of a fucking long career and consistently played to the level that he did. Um, Roddy right, let's, Barber, go, let, let's go through the list. Uh, yeah, let's just, do it. Let's uh, fucking do who, it. Who goes in before or after Zach? Or How yes many go or no? in? Like what, seven, right? Let's just, yeah, let's just go seven. I don't know, but that's, uh, seven Fuck sounds it. fine. Let's say seven. That's All a look right. at seven. No, uh, first, first, uh, yes or no, um, and remember, every time you say yes, it means Zach Thomas is 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 little right. bit further down on the list. Yep. Troy Troy Polamalu. Yes. yes. Simeon Rice. No. Richard Seymour. Yes. Steve Tasker. Fuck him. No. <laughs> Fred, I think he's on your fantasy team. Fred Taylor. No. Heinz Ward. Yes. Ricky Waters. No. Reggie Wayne. Mm. No, and he will, but no, because he played with Peyton Manning. No. Okay, Patrick Willis. No. Darren Woodson. Yes. Bryant Young. I'm fucking that is no. <laughs> Sam Mills. No. Clay Matthews. He's a Panthers. No. No. John Lynch. <sighs> yep. Edron James. No. Steve Hutchinson. Nope. Tory Holt. Mm, no, there's a Alan, ton of receivers in the, in the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Alan Fanica. Nope. Leroy Butler. Nope. Isaac Bruce. Yes, over Tory Holt. Okay. Tony Tony Baselli. Nope. Rondé Barber. Oh, oh fuck, we're at six. Uh, nope. <laughs> Carl Banks or Steve Atwater. I know no, those were hard no. nose. That's a tough one. He's on the cusp. I mean, he's if it's right seven. there, man. Like, I, and here's my thing. Here, here's here's my thing. It is, and I know we're beating a dead horse, and we're homers, and and here it is. Zach Thomas had, while still playing, better numbers than anybody in the Hall of Fame. Anybody. Uh, he has the same similar numbers to Brian Urlacher, who was first ballot, which is absolute horseshit. If Zach Thomas isn't going to get in at all, 
I mean, can we fucking please at least just get him in? But a guy like a Reggie Wayne who played with Peyton Manning his entire career and then, oh, no, he retires. Here's Andrew Luck. You're welcome. Um, and, and then somebody like Adrian James, who was a good guy, loved him at Miami, of course, the Hurricanes. He played against a great O-line and with a passing attack of Peyton Manning where they're constantly having a nickel or dime defense. So, of course, he's going to run good. Absolutely not. Uh, Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce both. Great receivers played on the greatest uh, show on turf or whatever with Kurt Warner for like three seasons. Like, yeah, they're good uh, receivers, great receivers even, great. But there's so many great receivers. Like, it's unbelievable uh, where you can draw the line of Hall of Famer or not. How many middle linebackers? I mean, you're like Erlacher and and, and Lewis and Brooks and – and then you're like, well, who else? And you're like, well, hell, there's still Zach Thomas sitting out there. Maybe we should get him in the fucking Hall of Fame over 97 fucking wide receivers. Like, I mean, come on. I agree with you, but here's the problem. You have Carl Banks, who's a multi-time Super Bowl champion. You have and Sam Mills, who has, you know, uh, an outstanding career and a statue stadium. for everything yeah. that he's doing. And then you have Zach Thomas. Those are your three. And then Patrick Willis, who was a talented player, but I agree with you, not there long <laughs> enough. You got four linebackers that he's up against. Um I think Troy Polamalu gets in. He's a no-brainer. Yes, no-brainer. Uh, I don't even know why the fuck Fred Taylor and Steve Tasker are on this list. That tells you how bad this modern list is. That's actually an insult that Zach Thomas is on this list with those two guys. I think Reggie Wayne gets in. I disagree with you. I think he was a good player, and I think, yes, he And he I love him, too. Peyton I love Manning. him from the U. I'm just trying to be really picky with Zach Thomas. Yep. No, I get that. Um, I'm surprised Clay Matthews isn't in. He might get in on, on name alone. I think John Lynch gets in. I think Edron James gets in. Uh, Steve Hutchinson's a no, even though he's a really, really good offensive lineman. So is Alan Fanica. Neither one of them built long in Tony Baselli if any offensive lineman is going to get in it's going to be it's him, him. Yep. Uh, Isaac Bruce versus Tory Holt that is a toss-up those two should go in holding hands because they played together in fact <laughs> yep. um, I think Rondé Barber gets in on name alone I'm surprised Steve Atwater's not in he's a, he's a guy that if you're a Broncos fan is that's their Zach Thomas he should be in the right. Hall of Fame yep. he's not so I, I think he's there I think he's there but he's about number six or number seven and, and I could see a case where somebody left him off because they wanted you know Carl Banks versus Zach Thomas I could see that he's going to split the vote with the linebackers yeah it's gonna be tough i really hope zach gets in obviously i named my son after him he's a hero of mine um he deserves it numbers and instinct and toughness alone um he's a he's a true vets vet and when and when you actually hear the other players who played against him talk about him they rave about him he's amazing so um he definitely deserves it he does, and I hate the fact that we'll be doing this next year and we'll be talking about how he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, <laughs> but uh, that is for the next episode of Hatesgiving, which will be the 175th annual Woo. Hatesgiving Day Parade. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I hate you. I hate you, and I hate all of the citizens of Perfectville equally. Yes. And uh, with that, on behalf of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network and the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.